0: Okay, we're learning Da'af Memches. We're starting right from uh, the Mishnah. A new start here. Um, so, we're really... It's a continuation of what the parak started. The parak started with different mitzvahs that exist throughout the week of Sukkot, And some of them apply every day of Sukkot. Some of them don't apply every day of Sukkot. Depends for Shabbos. Depends for the first day of Shabbos. So on and so forth. So, we, one of the things that we mentioned was a halobah simcha that there's a chiv to say halal. Halal is a chiv to say every single day. Rashi emphasizes a halal means ligmar, as well as The idea that you say the entire halal, meaning we're not dealing with some sort of minning here. We're dealing with a real chiv um, each and every day to say halal during Sukkot. And there's also a mitzvah of simcha. A mitzvah of simcha, to be happy, which midaray the idea is that a person is supposed to be partaking, eating from the basar hashlamim. So this mitzvah is constant throughout the entire week of Sukkot and including Shmini So it's eight days long. L'chi of and the of simcha. So Ketzads, how do we speak this out? What way do we illustrate this? v'simcha v'chod sholchag. It tells us that there's a chi of the mitzvah being happy, and the mitzvah of the covet of the yantava achron sholchag, kisharig moshechag, just like the rest of the days of, of, of Sukkot. Meaning just like it seems that we know a little bit on a simpler level, that there's a chi of simcha, on the rest of the days of Sukkot, on the first seven days, the Mishnah is informing us that there's a chi of simcha which exists on Shemini Yatzar's as well. we we'll have to see in the Gemara. Like, why is that a novelty? Meaning, like, what, what, why would I think that the last day of Sukkot is anything, like, less than the regular day of Cholomot? You know, like, it, it seems like the Mishnah, that's the emphasis here. You would know that there's a chi of simcha days one through seven. The novelty that our Mishnah is introducing is that the halva simcha shmona, Kate's how is that? That even on the of Acheron, even that on Shemini Atzerah, you also have the chi of samcha, just as you would have for the first seven days. We'll see that where that comes from textually, But the bottom line is, that's what the Mishnah is informing us. So now the Gemara says, how do we get into this? How do we know? So if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says that the reason why we're asking, that maybe it shouldn't apply on the eighth day, is because first the first says, as is the apostolic in Parshas And afterwards, the apostolic says, So, if if it puts the two together, there is Chagas Sukkos and there is a pasuk that says there is a Ma'achta then we would assume that it's only on. Sukkah. We would assume that it's only on when the holiday of the Sukkah is when it's Chagas Sukkos and and even though we spoke about yesterday, there is such a tension about if Shmini Atzeres is a continuation if it's not. But one thing we know for sure is that we don't sit in the Sukkah on Shmini That's midarai, so that's not the dinner of the Torah. So if the Torah says Chagas Sukkos next to the dinner, but a so intuitively the understanding of the pasik would be that the mitzvah of simcha does not apply unless it is uh, during the first seven days. So the Gemara therefore is asking, how do we know? How do we know that there's a chiv of simcha on the eighth day, the, the, the way that the Mishnah taught? The Tanah it says in Raysa, the the pasuk goes, doesn't just say, The pasuk continues. It adds, that you're, that, that you're going to continue to be happy. You're only going to be happy. So those are extra words, right? We don't need those words. Um, we, we don't, it's, it's, it's a little bit extra. So what do we say? The Pasuk Ba'isa Aksamech is coming to include? The Rabbah is lately Yontif and It must be there. it's coming to include the last night of Yantif, Meaning that even though it's past the seven days, it's already Shminat Atzeres, but there's still, there's still a chiev to eat the Basar HaShlamim. And that's the, that's the point. It, it, includes, it includes the following night as well. What does that mean practically? So Rashi understands that means that you have to chef the Shlamim on the seventh day in order to prepare to eat its meat at night. Right. In other words, if you're supposed to be happy, what's the happiness? The happiness is partaking from the basarah Right. That's the point. So you cannot bring a carbon at night. A carbon cannot be offered at night. So if you have a chie of simcha, which exists on the nighttime and already in the, on the eighth diet, so then what we say that that has to mean is that practically you're going to have to shaft the shlom on every and specifically go ahead, designate the meat for the Yontif suda, put it away, cook it that night or whatever, and then you'll eat it. You'll eat it on Sheminiyat and that's the point, that's the point that we're saying. Okay, great. So now the Gemara, the price has a question on itself. How do we know that we're including the HaTzerah? Maybe what it's coming to say is that it's coming to include the first night. Now, why is that a big Chiddush of the first night? The rashi explains, this is based upon the Gemara in the Mar is because the first night, you can't bring a carbon, remember, at night. So the question would be, maybe I have to bring a Shlomim, a Shlomim on Erev Sakis, On the 14th, before the holiday starts, and prepare meat for that night. And evidently, the Gemara assumes that that's not the halach. That the halacha is you only have a din to be from the basar shlamim if you could bring the shlamim on the yontif, right? That's the simcha. The simcha is not the time that you're eating meat. The simcha is that you're eating and partaking from the basar hashlam. So, So when did you bring the shlamim? So if you bring a random shlammim on Arab on Arab Sokis, that's not the special shlammim of the Chag. It's unrelated to the Chag. It's a shlamim that you brought in Arab Sokis. So that is you don't have a khiyaf to do such a thing. Because you're going what are you gonna be doing? You're gonna be eating a random meat of a shlamim. It's not connected to the yantif. So you don't have a khiyaf to do that, to bring a carbon on an Arab and then eat the meat on Yantiv night. You don't have that. And that's why we say that the first night is taqam mufka from Simcha. It's excluded. You don't have a dinner on the first night that you have to eat the shlamim. They have to eat the Basar HaSholamim, there's no such halacha. Frech the Gemara, how do you know? Maybe that's what Yisach Sameach is coming to say. Maybe the extra words of Isa are coming to include that the first night is a of simcha, and practically you would have to bring a shlamim on the first night. You would have to bring on the And then eat it on the first night. So you're saying that Yisach is including the last night. Maybe instead of including the last night, you should include the first night. So the Gemara says, we say no. The word ach yes veysa was an extra phrase, so it was inclusive. But ach is a limiting type of word. It's like, but. So it's like a type of word which limits the chiyuv and which says that 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 it impli- that it, it does not apply to any type of thing you may have included it to. So we only apply it to the eighth night. We don't apply it to the first night. So the gemara says, how do you know which one to do it? Okay, obviously it's ambiguous, right? It says veysa So We have an inclusive phrase. On the other hand, it says ach is a limiting phrase. Because it's a limiting phrase, we're going to say it's not the yant of Arishon. So the Gemara says, I get it. One thing you have to include, one thing you have to exclude. How do you know which one to include and which one to exclude? And if you think about it, let's really break it down. They're very similar. Why are they very similar? Because in both cases, if you want to eat the Basra HaShlamim in the zman that the Simcha is Machayef, you're going to be bringing the Karba not in the zman of the Yont. If I, either I'm going to include the last night and I'm going to say that Shemini Atzeres' Shlomim should be brought before Shmini Atzeres. It should be brought on Roshan Rabbah on Erev Shemini Atzeres on the seventh day so that in the future when the gantiv comes I'll have the Basur Shlomim to eat. And we're including that. But on the other hand, we're excluding the simcha from the first night. We're not to bring a shlomim on Arab Sukkot to have the basur of shlomim on the first night. So how do we know to include one and to exclude the other? So the bride's answer is, I include the last night. Because there are days of simcha which come before it. But I exclude the first night of Yantif Because there is, not, there is no days of simcha which come before it Meaning the idea is it's easier to continue a simcha than it is to start a din of simcha So I'm not going to say that the first night has the din of simcha That the kickoff of the dinner of the simcha is the first night Because that would require me to bring the Karbanos and Erev before the Chag, Unassociated with the Chag. Sounds strange, I'm not going to include that I will include Lely the Achron Shochag, which will be mechaev me to continue the simcha that existed for the first seven days, even though it means that I'm going to be bringing the shlamim already before, before, um, before the antic. And by the way, it's just an important thing. When we're including this idea of a Yisach even the last night, when we say the last night is chayev, we don't mean that the eighth day is not chayev. That's not our point. We don't mean the eighth night as an exclusion to the eighth day. That's not the point. The point just is that even the eighth night... Despite the fact that over here I don't, I can't even bring the karban on Shmini Atzeres, I still have mechuyev to do such a thing and bring the Karvan on the seventh day, which will then provide me with meat uh, to eat on Shmini night. And again, though we're coming out that the first night is no chiyev simcha, so I don't have to bring a, a, a shlamim on Er Sukkis in order to have meat, um, in order to have meat on uh, on the last on the first night of Sukkot. Okay, that's where we come out. Even though it's not directly what the Gemara says, there's a very interesting Vilna Gaon. The says it comes out that ba'isa ach really is going on shmini Right, it's really what the Gemara is saying. That phrase ba'isa ach. So ach is a limiting word, and we say in a way it's being used only to refer to the last night, not to the first night, because the last, the last night has simcha before, not not, but the first night does not. So the Vilna says that the whole idea of ach va'isa ach Sameach, is that every other holiday there's no there, there's a mitzvah to do, there's no there's something at least thematically about related to a mitzvah. And, and if you look at the contrast between Shmini Atzeres and the first seven days of Sukkot, it's so strong. The first seven days of Sukkot are very busy, very busy, very active with mitzvahs. And, 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 and Shmini Atzeres is nothing at all. There's nothing to do. So he says, Just be happy. That's, that's the idea in the Pasach. And then it says, And then eventually, is just basically saying, eventually that's going to have a spillover effect. Even though you have no pursuance of mitzvahs whatsoever in the last day, but you're still just going to have a continuation of that Simcha. So the Gemara doesn't... I wouldn't say it's a Gemara that says it the way he says it, but but that's, it is the takeaway that the phrase, is going on. Okay. Says the Mishnah, Sukah Shiva Kesat. We speak about that the idea that the, the Sukha Khiva is seven days. How is that That is for all seven days? Let's say a person is finished eating his Hoshana Rabba Suda. So he already ate already ate lunch, it's the seventh day. He shouldn't take down his sukkah. What's the pshat? Why can't I take down my Sukkah? I'm not gonna eat. So Rashi says, this is like a little bit complicated. Rashi says, because Lamaisa, two reasons. Number one, you have a Khiv to use the Sukkah for everything. Right? If you want to take a nap, you wanna you want to learn, whatever it is, you're supposed to be in the sukhah So just because you finished lunch in Hoshana Rabbah, don't take down your sukkah. Number two is, if you want to eat, you're going to have to use the sukkah again. So it's practical. So the bottom line is, there's a din that you should leave your sukkah up throughout Hoshana Rabbah. You could take it back, take down. The reason it says take down, because remember, where's usually, where's the sukkah? Up on the roof. So you could take down the kelim, the special kelim. Remember, we learned back in the second parak that that's the ideal way of doing the mitzvah. You take all of your nice kalim, you take all of your regular stuff out to the sukkah. So you could take them down um, to, from Mincha time and on, and they cover the in order to prepare the kavod of the last day of Shemini Atzaris, right? You have to prepare. It's an interesting thing. You're like caught in this time. That it's this man very much that the you have to prepare for the last days. Mitzvah Sheni, it's really still the mitzvah Sukkah is still in front of you. So you do not to take down your Sukkah. As the Mishnah is saying practically you have to leave it up. You might be using it, but after covered Yon Achron, you honor it by bringing in the special kelim in the place where you're going to be eating that night. And this is really a makar, right? When do we set the table? We set the table before Shabbos or What's the idea? That's the covered. That close to it, you're already preparing the meal. The covered is that before. The queen before the, 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 the Shabbos or the Yontav is in front of you, you've, you've already been dealing with setting up for the meal. So then in order to, to apply that here, you're going to have to take down the nice kalim from the sukkah and put them into your dining room back for the Shmini Atzeres meal. So that you're allowed to do. Okay. So now what's amazing here is that the Gemara has an implicit question, which the mission never spoke about. Okay? Implicit question which wasn't spoken about. Yesterday we learned that at Shemini Atsaris we don't sit in the sukkah. Um, in Israel, you might need to, right? And it might be the seventh day, so you're supposed to, uh, maybe without a bracha, but you're supposed to sit in the sukkah. But definitely in Israel, you don't sit there. Now, there's an implicit point. Not only do you not have to, it's actually kind of wrong. It's kind of wrong to sit in the sukkah. Why is it kind of wrong to sit in the sukkah? So the idea is, Rashi explains a little bit here, that it's baltos. What does baltos mean? Hashem says don't add on to a mitzvah. Now really, you're not adding on to a mitzvah. Why? Because it's not the zman of the mitzvah. Is amount of the mitzvah is completely elapsed. And I'm not trying to have kavana necessarily to do the mitzvah. So if I just go out in the sukkah and I practically use my sukkah on Shemini is am I really doing anything wrong? Not really. On a daraisal level, it's not like it's a real baltose. We learned baltose in the third parak. Like if you take an orange with a dalit minim, that might be baltose. Because you're doing the mitzvah with the extra thing. If you continue to sit in the sukkah on the eighth day, you're really not doing baltose on a daraisal level. But middara it appears like you're adding on to a mitzvah. So you really shouldn't do that really shouldn't. Again, chutzlah, it's not an issue. A chutzla, you're supposed to, because it might be the seventh day, you're obligated to be in the sukkah. But when you're not supposed to, let's say in, in Israel on the eighth day, or in Simchas Torah on the ninth day in America, there's a nira of Baltos. So you want to do something that alleviates any possibility of somebody seeing it like you're adding to the mitzvah. It's like a little bit of a marzine, like the appearance of you adding to the mitzvah. So if you take out your kalim, that's a great solution. Because right, the whole week you were doing it mitzvah-dik. So you took out all your kalim, you were living in the sukkah. But if you take out all your nice kalim, they're back in the dining room. You're just making a nice meal outside. Happens to be a sukkah, then it's not in your elect like baltos. So that's why there's another uh, advantage to taking down the kalim. It's funny because the mission didn't emphasize that was why you're taking down the kalim. The Mishnah emphasizes you're taking down the Kalim Y to prepare for Shemini Atzeres. But there's a side benefit as well, that it takes away the possibility of baltosis. And now the Gemara asks, Ain't Lola Kalim, lower him out. Let's say you didn't have nice Kalim. The person didn't have nice Kalim out in the Sukkah. And he needs Lamaisa the space. He's planning on eating Shemini Atzeres out in the Sukkah. Why? Akasha for maisa? He's making a nice Kiddush there. I don't know. It doesn't make a difference. But the bottom line is... He's planning on using his sukkah on shmini He's not supposed to m- make it seem like he's adding on to the mitzvah. He didn't have nice kalim to take out. What should he do? And this is mamish As, right? We're a little bit mechon taking out our nice kalim. So what do we do? So the Gemara says, <laughs> How, What did the guy use the whole week, right? What was he using if he didn't have kalim? The Gemara says, <laughs> He doesn't have a place to bring down his utensils. That's the point. He has kalim, but he, does, he doesn't have a place to store them. So it's just easier to keep them in the sukkah on shmini so how could he demonstrate that it's not a sukkah? So the Gemara says, He opens up a four tzvachim wide space in the schach, which pasel's the schach. That's the famous idea. You gotta pasel the schach for Shemini atzeres. That's what it means. If you, if you invalidate the schach by opening up and opening a four tvachim, so then that demonstrates that it's not the mitzvah of sukkah. Then you're in the clear to use your sukkah on Shemini atzeres, make a nice kiddush out there, it's nice weather, whatever it is, no issue. Why does say have to open up four t'vachim? Why not three t'vachim? Airspace policies with three t'vachim. Interesting thing. Anyways, Rabbi Yishuab and Levi Amar, another solution, you light a lamp there. Remember, we learned in a small sukkah, you're not supposed to light a lamp. Maybe it smells, maybe it's going to catch fire, different reasons that we mentioned back on Chavta. But either way, you're not supposed to light in ocho sukkah, you're not supposed to light a candle in a small sukkah. So to show that it's not a sukkah, it's not the mitzvah of sukkah, it's just practical, so you light a candle. So the Gemara says Voloplygi. How can we have two, right? We have two different uh, suggestions. One is to passel staff. one is to light a candle. So there's no machlokas. Halon. Rabbi Shua and Levi is going for us who live in Bava. Why? Because when we live in Bavel, what day do we need to passel it? Not on the Hoshadah preparing for Shemina Atzeres. We need to sit in the kasher sukkah on Shemina Atzeres. We cannot passel our sukkah and take away four t'vachim Because on Shemina Atzeres it has to be kasher, because it might be the seventh day. We need to passel the sukkah for When? for Simchas Torah Kiddush, right? For the ninth day. Problem is, on if you're not allowed to destroy. On you can't go down and take out the Shach, Valchem, that's forbidden. So for us, the solution is that we light a candle. You could do that on Yontif. the first statement of Yerusha, we're talking about the people living in Eretz Yisrael. So they're passing the sukkah in a preparation of, of Shemini Atzeres. that could be done on Cholam So they, since it's only Cholam they could pass up the Shach. Okay, great. So the the Gemara asked, How ten a sukkah, Kitana? Yes. Right. And they said, um I go to the altar, Rosh, said there we don't sit in the sukkah. You're saying there is specifically referring to the It means there's no khir. Yeah, 100%. 100%. There's no khir to sit in the sukkah and arts as well. 100%. Yeah. And the, the understanding is because it might not be Sheminah's arts. Right? That's the idea. Tfikkah du Yomah. So what you call eight day might be 7th day. That's what the Gemara is saying. And we still have to say, Okay, very good. So the Gemara says, the lighting of the lamp, that's good for a small sukkah. Sukkah Mike Klimer, what about a big sukkah? Because remember, in Chabdaf we said the Isra of the lighting a candle in the sukkah is only in a small sukkah, because the smell it might catch fire. But in a big sukkah, there's no Isra. So lighting a candle in a big sukkah doesn't demonstrate that it's not a sukkah. Because you could light a candle in a big sukkah. So what do you do? So the Gemara says, you bring in dirty kalim. The Amar Rava, also, all the kalim should be taken outside the sukkah after you use them. A drinking kalim could remain. Meaning any kalim which are dirty, like a plate or something like that, should be removed. It's a little bit dirty. So therefore, it's better to take those kalim out, Rava is saying. So if you want to demonstrate that it's not for the mitzvah, so what do you do? So you take the dirty kalim and you bring them in the sukkah. So that's, that's the Gemara solution. That's that solution if somebody wants to make a kiddush. They're not allowed to just go use the sukkah regular. So you've got to do one of these solutions. Either you take out your nice stuff out of the sukkah, or you bring in dirty stuff in the sukkah. Correct. Or America. And in Israel, you pass up the schach, and the right before the antip begins. Okay, now we're going to talk about Nisach Hamayim, the way that the water the water was poured. Remember, this is a special thing. Maybe there's a remnant from the Mitzukim. It's done on Sukkot. Nisach Hamayim Ketzai. How does it work? They took a golden flask, It Shlosh it and had uh, ability to hold three Lugin, and they would fill it up from the Shiloach stream. It was right outside Yerushalayim. There was a spring, and they would they would fill it up. When they reached the Shar Hamayim, the water gate, so the water gate was, this you might remember from, from uh, Yuma a little bit, it was Mamash called the water gate, because it was one of the entrances to Beis HaMiktosh, on the south, because that was the point, they would go out to the Shiloh, and they would enter back in, and it was called the water gate, Mamash, because of this. They would enter in through there, and they made like a, a little bit of a, a procession here, and what they would take it. They reached Hashem to show the Simcha and everything. They would blow the, the, the Chatzorchos. They blew Tukia to Rutukia with the Chatzorchos. Allah Akavash, the Kohen then would go up the ramp. Upon Allah small. he would turn to his left. So let's, we're going to see this a little bit against what we normally do in Allah. Normally, Kohen goes up, the ramp is in the south, right? Remember, you turn, you're supposed to turn right. So to his right would be to the southwest. And then another. I'm sorry, southeast, you're correct. Southeast, then northeast, and then north, sorry. If you turn to the, to, to the right, southeast, then northeast, then northwest, and then southwest. That's normally the way you would go around, always turning to the right. But here, it's an interesting thing. He would just turn directly to his left. Directly to his left is the southwest corner. And that's where he would pour the water. What happened? The There were two silver bowls which were put right on top of the southwest corner, right by the corner. They were made of silver. Taisa has an interesting kasha. It's Because you filled it up with a golden bowl and you're pulling it in a silver bowl, right? Normally you're not supposed to do that. No, they weren't, they weren't made of uh, metal. They were made of a plaster. Interesting machlokas here. If it was made of plaster. Um, the reason it looked like it was silver is because it was darkened from the wine, right? The wine to darkened the material of the bowl. So the plaster took a little bit darker, it gave off like a metal-like material. Anyways, what do we do? What's the deal with these bowls? In the new covenant, there was a spout, right? In the bottom of the bowl, there was a, it was a hole. And it was like two little thin nostrils. And Rashi learned that each bowl had a hole on the bottom and they would pour the wine and the water at the same time. And the Mishnah continues, one of those was thicker, one of them was thinner. One of them was slightly larger than the other. Why? They have the same amount of water, that they should drain out at the same time. Meaning what Rashi learns, shot is that it would go through the bowl, come out the, the bottom, and then land on the Mizbech itself, and then run on into a hole. That's what Rashi learns. Very interesting. And that hole would be, go very, very deep all the way under the Mizbech to a place called the Shisan, which we'll learn about more tomorrow. So according to Rashi, it's going in the bowls, out the bowls, onto the top of the Mizbech, and into the hole. So the point is that it should leave the bowls at the same time. So I'm not going to accomplish I'm going to leave the bowls at the same time. The bowls have a hole. They pour differently. They have different consistency wine and water. The is the holes on the bottom, were a little bit different. So it's like the two thin nostrils, it's the two, the, two, the two bowls. Rashi learns it goes out of the bowls, onto the Mizbakh, and then down. That's Rashi's opinion. Taisas disagrees, but that's Rashi. Okay, my um, of the two bowls, right? They're both there by the corner, but the bowl on the western one was for the water, the eastern one was for the wine. What's the idea? Because remember, normally the Cohen is coming up with the southern map and he's turning to his left. So normally, which one are you doing? You're using wine, right? Wine is done every single day of the year. Water is done eight days of the year. So it makes sense that the closer one that the Cohen will hit would be the wine. Eight days a year, he's going to have to also pour water, right? But it makes sense that the one that would be closer to him, closer to his Eat to the east, closer to the coin, making a left, which should therefore be the wine. Here is the What if the coin made a mistake? He poured the water into the bowl for the wine, the or the wine for the uh, or the wine one for the water on Yatzah here say, even though they designate separately, but your either way. Rabbi Yudah Amir, Rabbi Yudah disagrees on two points. First of all, we were saying that how big is it? It was three lugum of water. Rabbi Yudah says Belug, it was only one lug. Right? The wine everybody agrees was three lugum. That's in the Torah. But, but the water, the Tanakhama was saying, was also three lug. Rabbi Yudha says it was only one lug. That's one point. And another point of dispute is, he who says, Malukah Manasseh Koshmon, it was all eight days of the holiday. Meaning, Tanakamah was only the first seven days. Reb holds it's even Sheminiat Saras that they would do it. Another point here, the Mishnah continues. the who would go poor, omerlo they would say to him, pick up your feet, Pick up your hands when you pour. Meaning, let, let's see what, exactly what you're doing. Raise your hands so people could see exactly what was going on. That he would pour it into the bowl. Why is this? One time a Kohen, He was a tzaduki. And he didn't believe in Nisach Haman. So he poured it onto his feet. Everybody, they stoned him with their esrogin. The whole thing, who this was, there was a civil war which broke out. It was wild. A bloodbath that day in the base of Mekdash not much of a scary thing which happened. So from then on, there was extra sensitivity to make sure that the coin actually did it. Continues the Mishael, Just as so it was done on the weekday, so too was done on Shabbos. Meaning there's nothing about not doing Nisach HaMaiim because of Shabbos. But you're not allowed to draw the water and carry it on Shabbos. So what do you do? They would fill up in a golden barrel. Meaning they didn't use a Klish because if you're going to use a Klish well, you have to do it on Shabbos. We're going to use a klisharis, it becomes holy. If it becomes holy, then there's going to be a soul of lina. Lina is, if something was consecrated by a klisharis and it wasn't used by the end of the night, it's disqualified. If you have to draw the water before Shabbos, and you're only going to use it the next morning, so if we've if we already got klisharis, we're going to have an issue. You can't use it the next day. So therefore, they were forced to use an unconsecrated barrel to fill it up. Then they would fill up in the stream. Manichal velishka, they would keep it in the chamber to, be, to prepare to be used for the next day. And Then Shabbos morning, the Kohen would come and he would he would do the Nizahamai. Nishbuchan is gaggle, let's say the water spilled or became uncovered. In Malamna Kier. then you could just fill it up from the kir inside of the base and make this so you don't have to carry it. So meaning interesting thing that Lamaisa. even though we go to the Shiloh, we make a whole ceremony and drawing and the simcha and this and that and everybody watches. But if something happened to that water and it's the next day and we're stuck and we can't go to the Shiloh because it's Shabbos, so what do we do? We just take water from the kir. That's also possible. And what's the reason that if it was left out, it's no good? Uncovered wine and water are not good to use for the Mizbech. Once it's unsealed or unsupervised, then we have the the chashash, that the snake drink from it or something like that, put some venom, and it's no good. Um, And it's no good, and it can't be used on the Mizbech. Okay. So first, the Gemara says, how do we know this? So what does the Gemara mean? How do we know this? So we showed him Lerm Shah, As she learns, how do we know that we blow the trumpets? Blowing the trumpets is a sign of Simcha. So how do we know that Nitzah Hamayim is associated with Simcha? So the Gemara says Amar have Einot The idea says that you draw the water Bissason with happiness. So since the idea of of its Bissason, so that's why you're going to blow the shofar. Now the Gemara continues with a very very bizarre passage of Gemara. There's a lot deeper meanings. That I don't. I, know, I definitely do not know. It's a very strange passage here. A discussion between two meaning now the Heretics have to understand, they were like, they were Bible buffs. They loved psukim. But they didn't necessarily use psukim, utilize them in the correct way, in the correct understanding. But they were all about the psukim, okay? And using them in their own liberal interpretations. So the Gemara says, there were two, Simcha. one guy's name was Sasun, and one guy's name was Simcha. It sounds like they are literally people. sasun says to Simcha, I am better than you. Why? Simcha Yasig, the Pasik says Sasun and Simcha Yasig. So which one is listed first? Sasun. So since Sasson is listed first, you see it's a higher level in Simcha. So Amalei Simcha, it's Sasson Simcha responds. I don't know. If the opposite, I'm better than you. Simcha It says in the pasuk that there was Simcha and Sasson for the Jews. So we see that Simcha is listed first. So I'm better. Amalei Sasson La Simcha. Chad Yom Shavka Kushevich. the Siv Kiv Simcha says, one day, is going to. You're not going to be so good anymore. The Avisher is going to make you just into some sort of guy who runs ahead of everybody else and makes sure that everything's fine. Like of like a when like a, an army is traveling there's always that one guy that's sent ahead to prepare everything that's what you're going to be one day because it says in the passage with simcha they're going to go out so that means they'll send simcha up ahead simcha will prepare everything and uh it'll be like that that, 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 that he's kind of like the slave that you send ahead to make sure everything's fine so y- y- you think you're so good now eventually the will lower you mr simcha so so i'm the simcha i'm sorry i'm gonna uh, the same thing is going to happen to you. You know what's going to happen? They're just going to draw water with you. You're going to become like you're not going to even be a person anymore. They're just gonna be, you're going to be like a clee that they draw water with. will draw water with So you're also going to be lowered. They're just going to be using you to draw water. So their mom is taking jabs here at each other with different sukim about what's going to happen. Gemara says a similar conversation. There was once uh, this man, his name was Sasson, and he said to Rebbe Voh, You, the Jewish people, are going to draw water for me. Where, why? Because it says, mayim be So that means, eventually, the Jewish people will draw water for me. I'm Sasun so, so one day, you'll draw water for me. So Rebbe Voh says, your mom has missed the grammar in the passage. Yeah, but siv If it would have said we'll draw water for sasson, because the kaamrit it would have been like you said, that we will all draw water for you. But it says we'll draw water with sason. it's mamish the opposite. It means the gavra means the skin of you, mashavina like guda, will be made into a sort of like a, like a thermos, and we'll use you to draw water. We'll draw water with you. So you mamish got it totally wrong. All right. Continues the Gemara here. We said that he goes up the ramp and he turns to his left. Again, it's on the southwestern corner. So yeah, the closest way is to turn to your left, but, but it's, it's usually not the way that it's done. Normally when you go up the ramp, you end up, you go up the right side. You go around and you descend on the left side, meaning you're always turning to your right. So you come up, you turn to your right to the southeast, turn to your right again to the northeast, turn to your right again to the northwest, and turn again and then to your southwest and eventually descend on the left and the left side of the kevish. That's normal protocol. With the exception of these of these three things, you would actually go up on the left, make an immediate left, and then go right back down right the way you came. So these things, instead of turning all the way right and going all the way around, the uh, and going all the way around, you just turn immediately to your left. What are these three things? The pouring of the water. Like we mentioned, every day when they would pour the, the wine, and the blood with the, with the bird Ola, when there were too many birds that were done on the east. So what's going on here? So let's go through it one by one. The idea is that the Mizveh is a lot of smoke. So anything that gets it's injured by smoke, anything that's not good for it to, to, to be exposed to too much smoke, you don't want to walk all the way around. If so you walk all the way around, it gets exposed to too much smoke and it can get ruined. So the quality of the wine, the water, makes a lot of sense. You just want to make an immediate left. You don't want to be going all the way around. Even though it's against what's the normal protocol, that you're supposed to be turning always right, but we, we go against that. We transcend that over here to make sure that there's nothing ruining the quality of the wine and the water. That's why we, we make the immediate left. Now, Ola Sa'ov is a very different thing. The Ola Sa'ov, normally we do on which corner? On the south-eastern corner. And what's the idea? Because the Palsuk says that after he, she Shisa soloch Nafav, it says he puts it, he throws it to the Makom hadeshen. What's the Makom hadeshen? The Makom hadeshen is a place that's three Tvachim away from the eastern, from the southeastern corner of the Mizbech. Because that's the place where the Trimas hadeshen was placed. And they would put the Trimas hadeshen there every morning, the little part of the ash, and then it would be swallowed in its place. But it's Kovea, that's the place of Makom hadeshen. So when the Pasuk says that the Kohen takes the bird, with like the crop, all the parts that he's not burning on the back, and he throws it on Malcolm HaDash, and it means that place. Now, it's very light, you know, it's very light. Think about it, it's a bird that you took out of the room, Like what's well, very what is this? Uh, feathers, you know, mamish. So you, it's very hard to make a throw very far, it's very hard to throw a feather at, to any distance. So it makes sense that we understand that Oluf Sa'ov is performed on the southeastern corner, because then it's very easy, not very easy, but it's the easiest way for the Kohen men to fling it to the Malcolm HaDash. But what if it was too over, there was overcrowding here in the, in, the, in the southeastern corner? There were too many birds, so we can't do it in the southeastern corner. So we're going to have to go to the next closest corner. What's the next closest corner that the Cohen would be able to throw to the spot, which is three Tzvachim off southeast from the corner? The, the next closest corner would be the southwest. The Gemara Tzvachim makes a whole calculation drawing triangles. But the bottom line is we trust the Gomorrah and for us. Just keep it simple. So bottom line is the southwestern corner would be the next closest place. The Gamara says that that throw that the Cohen-Galda would after the Cohen would make from the southwestern corner and fling it all the way across. The whole, remember, the miss-back's pretty big, right? It's a block, 32-ounce. It's pretty big. It's mamish a chan income, but The best quarterback cannot make that throw. With the, to take those feathers and, and get it and hit all the way to the is Makam adashin. It was an incredible feat for the coin to do. And again, we don't want to expose the birds to smoke, so we would turn just to immediate left when we were performing the Ola Sof in the southwest if there was overcrowding of the birds in the southeast. Okay. So then we had a makhlukah what the bowls were made out of. Are they made out of silver? They made out of plaster. So if you just said they're made out of plaster, they just got dark from wine. So the Gemara says, Mishra Lama Mashka, I understand why the bowl that was designated for wine is darkened because it was filled with wine. But the my Mashka. But the bowl, the other bowl that's designated for the water, what's making it darker? Right? That's not, just water. So the Kumar explains, since we said, if the Kohen makes a mistake and he switches the wine for the water and the water for the wine, he pours it in the wrong bowl, it's still okay. Even the bowl, which is designated for the water, could also become darkened. if it would just be a few mistakes, boom, it would become darker as well. Okay. Then the Mishnah made a point of saying that they were, one, one hole was thicker than the other. The two bowls didn't have the same size. One of them was thicker. And it says that they should both drain out of the bowls at the same time. So the Gemara says, Why aren't they draining out at the same time? What's going on? It must be the mission is only Rabbi Yehuda. Did not, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says that there are different amounts. The wine was only one lug. I'm sorry, the wine was three lug. And everybody agrees the wine was three lug. And the water was only one lug. So if the water is only one lug and the wine is three lugging, if you would pour them at the same time, they're not going to come out at the same time. There's much more wine than water. That's why we have to make sure that, one, that the, the, the hole for the wine was bigger than the hole for the water. According to Rabbanon, they're both three lugging. So why do we have to have a different sized hole? So the Kumara responds, no, You can say we're going like the Rabbanon as well. Wine is thick, water is thin. Meaning that water just flows better than wine. Water has a thicker consistency to it. So we need a little bit of a larger opening for the wine that it should drain out. Even though you're dealing with the same volume of three lugan, but wine will drain a little bit slower than the water. So the water's hole always a little bit narrower than the wine. The Gemara says, It's that we're going like the Rabbanon, that even though it's both three lugan, but still we want a slightly larger hole for the wine than the water. The If it's just going like Reb then what was the term that the Mishnah said? The Mishnah was saying one was and one was Dak. Well, over and Dak implies subtle, like a little bit larger. If it would be going like review the Rachel of Katzir it should have been a much more extreme point. It should have been like wide and narrow. It should be a much greater disparity because, according to Yudah, you're dealing with three looking versus look. So you really need a tighter hole for the. Water, and you need a much wider hole for the wine. And we see that language in the price. There were these two, uh, Kalim there on the top of the Jachach, and was for the wine, one was for the water. The wine one was wide. Shalmai and Pia was narrow. Kadesh said they would both finish draining out at the same time. So we see that when Rabbi Yehuda made the point in the Brysal, he uses a much stronger language, not subtle. He says strong. He says here, and Katar. Our mission didn't say Rachav and Katsar. Our mission uses subtle language. Mu'uva and Dak. So Shmami know that our mission actually is the Ravonah. And that's why the, the disparity between the two holes does not have to be as great. According to the Ravana, it could just be it, Mu'uva and Dak. A small difference. According to Abidah and the B'aytah that is, one is with well, three look and one is one log then we have to use a much greater difference in the size of the holes and the language would be Rachav and Katsar.